1: Down-ballot races, they're easy to overlook. But two down-ballot races could have a huge impact on life in Illinois. I'm talking about contests for seats on the state Supreme Court, both of them unfolding in Chicago's suburbs. Democrats have controlled the court for decades, since 1969. But this year, Republicans think they have a chance to shift the balance of power. Here's what Governor J.B. Pritzker and Terry Cosgrove of the abortion rights advocacy group Personal Pact have to say about the stakes.
0: Look, I think it would be terrible if the Republicans who want to take away people's rights uh, win those Supreme Court seats. Uh, That would take away, uh, frankly, many of the notes of progress that we've made Over many years, standing up for workers' rights, standing up for women's rights. There has never been
1: a more important election, Illinois election, in the last 50 years than there is this one on November 8th. Here to discuss is WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. So I'm going to be honest, you know, as a relatively new Illinois resident who wasn't here for the last election, I have not spent that much time thinking about the state's Supreme Court. So take me back. What are the basics here?
0: Well, I mean, you are not alone, Sasha. This is, a, this is a very kind of obscure election because you have to go all the way toward the end of the ballot to find these races. And, and then when you get there, these are candidates that, that most people have not heard of. I mean, they're people you know, in, in, in you know, the races we're going to be talking about. Three of the four of them are uh, you know, uh, judges. And so yeah. unless you're in a courtroom, you're not going to know who these people are.
1: So, how many seats are on the court, and and how many are held by judges in each party?
0: Well, uh, Illinois has a seven seat court. Okay, uh, unlike the U.S. Supreme Court, which is nine. This and right now the majority is four to three, uh, Democrats. And as you mentioned in the open, there they've had it since nineteen sixty nine.
1: Yeah. So I hear the the state supreme courts made some pretty significant decisions in recent years. Which decision though stands out to you?
0: I mean, there are so many. I mean, they it it, it you know. As in all government here, we're, we're broken into three basic categories, you know, the governor and the executive branch, the legislative branch, which is the General Assembly, and then the judiciary and their checks on each other. And so uh, the big cases that I, I, you know, just in watching this this court over 30 years, I mean, you can go back to like school funding, you know, should you know what level of, of of funding is the state obligated to provide to school districts? That was a big case back in the 1990s. Uh, you know, when the death penalty was abolished uh, in, in 2009, I mean, it was, you know, leading up to that. There mm-hmm. were a series of key decisions that the court made clearing out death row because there had been a whole bunch of people put on death row who actually were not. Oh, wow. The, uh, the, the accused killer. And, and and more recently, you have uh, you know, uh, 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 there was a big decision involving public pensions. Uh, the legislature passed a bill that would uh, would have rolled back pensions for state employees and state retirees, and the court held that that was unconstitutional. So, I mean, you can see that they're just about every aspect of life, and that doesn't very even touch very important stuff, right? And it doesn't even touch like the, the, the you know what we talked about in the story here, primarily guns, abortion, the culture war topics that we're also familiar with.
1: So, just so we're clear, if the balance of power were to shift on the court, what types of decisions? Could we see, like, for instance, could we conceivably see restrictions on abortion rights or, you know, even though the state's likely to retain a supermajority of Democrats in Springfield?
0: Well, I mean, it's possible. You know, the trick is, uh, you know, when you talk to these people, um, they, they have uh, codes of ethics that they have to abide by as judges to not, you know, to not show signs of bias. And so you can't really go up to a judge and say, what do you think about abortion? You know, you have to, it has to, it's a more nuanced kind of dance that you have to do with, with, with folks on the bench to, to mm. kind of get a, a clue. And of course, the big thing is how do they rule in cases? And, and so I, I think, you know, you know, certainly there are, are big abortion cases that, that could come down the line here. I mean, the state has really, uh, under Governor Pritzker, really has done a lot to uh, safeguard abortion rights. right? And, and uh, there are, uh, on the other side of that uh, debate, there are people who are chomping at the bit to try to undo some of that. So you can imagine there, there could be big fights there.
1: What could this mean for gun rights?
0: Well, I mean, gun rights. You know, we just saw uh, a, a week or two. Well, I, I think it's a week or two ago. It's fairly recently. Naperville, uh, you know, uh, passed a, a a ban on that's semi-automatic, right. uh, you know, the, the assault-style rifles and and the, the ammunition that they they need to fire, and that's that's an uh, there there are uh, there already have been hints of litigation arising from that. That's that's uh, you know, a lot of the gun cases go into federal court, but some cases could could wind up in the state court as well. There, there are also are issues involving the, uh, the state FOID card, which is the gun permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, gun owners feel like a lot of that is not necessary. And, and uh, you know, that one of the gubernatorial candidates, uh, Darren Bailey, wants to do away with the FOID card. So, I mean, those are the kinds of issues that the court could wade into.
1: So let's start to break down the, the two key races here, Dave. Uh, talk to me about the matchup in the second district.
0: Well, the second dis- district uh, is a, a district that includes Kane, Lake, and McHenry counties in our listenership. Uh, DeKalb and Kendall counties are also uh, there. And and you have a matchup between the former three-term Lake County Sheriff Mark Curran and uh, then there's a, a judge, a, a, Demo- a Lake County judge named Elizabeth Liz Rochford. Okay. Rochford is the Democrat, Curran the Republican. Um, that district is, uh, you, you know, these, these districts have all been redrawn by the uh, Democratic uh, General Assembly last year. And I think they did that with an eye toward preserving majority. And so in this district, it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty democratic friendly district.
1: WBEZ had a chance to um, interview the candidates and judicial candidates are are usually somewhat tight lipped about specifics here. But but what were you able to glean about how they might rule on some of the topics that we discussed earlier, like gun rights and and abortion rights?
0: Well, you know, we mentioned Curran, for example. I mean, Curran in in the interview I had with him, I mean, he acknowledged that he's he called himself pro-life. Um, you know, he he is someone uh, who is endorsed by the Illinois Federation uh, for the Right to Life, uh, and and uh, you know, endorsed, rated qualified, I should say. So you you have a, you have some sort of sense there that that you know he would be potentially somebody who could be friendly to to, to folks who oppose abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, Rochford, uh, it, it was very hard to, to to kind of get out of her. Um, how she might rule on cases uh, involving abortion or or guns. But, you know, I I asked them all a question, you know, did you ever know anybody who had an abortion? And and that gets away from sort of, you know having to rule on cases, uh, and yeah. you know, Roger that's a said, good question, Dave. Well, she she answered it in a way that, that I think was a bit revealing. I mean, she said, Yeah, I, ha- I have known people who have had abortions for a number of reasons, and I'm not going to sit in judgment over the you know the the autonomy that they have over their bodies. So, I mean, that that gave sort of a sense perhaps of interesting of where she's at. And you know, uh, personal pack the abortion rights group has endorsed her, so that, that's also a clue.
1: Well, one of the candidates was not recommended by the Illinois State Bar Association. The other was highly recommended. Is your average voter though paying attention to that? Are they checking to see what the state bar association has to say
0: they aren 't but but they should because the the, the bar the state bar association uh, you know they do a survey around election time of of their members and and, and most of the folks that are are members of the group are. You know, accomplished lawyers who are in, in and out of the courtrooms on a daily basis. And so they know these judges. They know the people. And, and you know, what I, I think is a really smart thing for voters to do is to, to go to the website of the State Bar Association, find their voter guide, and print it out when it's time to vote and go through it. Because what, what it does is, you know, beyond just saying if they recommend or not recommend somebody – it 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 basically breaks down sort of the poll results. You know, they they go they look at integrity, for example. That's key information. Uh, it, it's, it's it's revealing in a way, and and you know they they don't the, the bar association. I don't believe is a, is a group that has a partisan slant to it. So you know you're you're not going to go into it thinking they're pro Republican, pro Democrat. Yeah,
1: like they're leaning any which any right. one way. So you write in your story, Dave, that this race in the second district and, and the one in the third district that we're about to talk about. That they're relatively rare. How rare?
0: Well, I mean, these are terms that that, that go for ten years, so that gives you a sense that, that these are elections that don't happen all the time. But but the last time that we had two competitive open Supreme Court seats as we do now was back in two thousand. So you're talking nearly a quarter of a century, and and so that that gives you an idea right there that these are are pretty special elections. Well,
1: mm-hmm. uh, shifting to the third district, who are the candidates there, and and how's that race looking?
0: Well, the third district is is a, a it's an interesting. Uh, Region. I mean, it, it covers um, DuPage and Will counties. You know, DuPage is is a, is a powerhouse in terms of, of votes. I mean, there's just a ton of votes there, as there are in Will County. It also includes Bureau, Grundy, Iroquois, Kankakee, and LaSalle counties to the south and southwest of Chicago. Um, the candidates there um, th- there is an incumbent Supreme Court Justice named Michael Burke. Uh, he was appointed to fill the vacancy a, a year or two ago from uh, Bob Thomas when he left the Supreme Court, the former uh, Bears punter. Um, and then uh, Appellate Justice Mary Kay O'Brien is is also running. She's uh, from down around Kankakee. She's the Democrat. Burke is the Republican. And uh, that district was, as is the case with the second, it was uh, redrawn by Democrats. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a, a Democrat lean to it, but it's a little more favorable to Republicans. Uh, J.B. Pritzker and and Joe Biden won elections uh, in in. Uh, uh, DuPage and Will, which is where most of the votes in that district come from. Okay. the other counties, mostly rural counties, were all Republican.
1: So, to that end, do you have any sense of how these candidates would rule on on some of those key issues we we've talked about?
0: Well, I mean, Burke, uh, you know, he, he was he was uh, uh, very guarded in terms of how he would. Uh, um, I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, that's 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 kind They're of what all you see. Pretty tight-lipped. They're all pretty tight-lipped, and and you know, I think in his case. Uh, you know, I asked uh, about guns. I, 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 again, you can't really, how are you going to rule on case X? They don't tell you that, but like in his case, uh, since, you know, the Highland park shooting is fresh in everyone's mind still, Yeah. you know, did you know anybody there that was, was, uh, impacted, impacted or, or what about an Oak Brook, uh, at the, uh, the shopping mall there? And he did. And then he started talking about the, uh, you know, how, how horrific and, and, uh, how, how those, those, uh, Events don't leave people. So I mean, it's, what it showed to me was that there was some sensitivity uh, toward the plight of, of these folks who are involved in mass shootings. Yeah, you know that told me something. On the flip side, you know, uh, Personal Pack, the, the abortion rights group, they they unearthed uh, a couple of things that they believe show some you know inclination toward uh, being anti-abortion on his part. His people, you know, are are rejecting what Personal Pack is saying. But but you know, he was involved in a uh, there was a, 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 a right-to-life dinner in Lombard back in April that he mm-hmm. was an attendee at. Uh, they say that that's a pretty—you pretty, pretty you know, the personal pack people say that, that is a sign of, of, of someone's leanings. Mm. Uh, Mary Kay O'Brien, on the other hand, uh, you, you know, she she was a little, probably, of all the ones I talked to, a little more um, open about abortion. Um, she talked about how, uh, you know, it, it, she, called, she used the phrase dangerous complacency to think that um, abortion, just because we have safeguards in Illinois— couldn't go away one day. And so she she made that point to underscore the importance of these elections.
1: What's Governor Pritzker saying about all of this?
0: Well, Pritzker, um, you, you know, he, he was asked last week about this, and he's, he, he, he basically made the point that a lot of the things that he has tried to do in the first term uh, could be undone if he had to, to deal with a hostile Supreme Court. Um, you know, things like, uh, as we mentioned, the abortion rights mm-hmm. uh, issue is, is front and center. He talked about workers' rights, talked about uh, and guns, of course. And so he's very concerned about this. He, he hasn't put money into these races yet, and I'm waiting to see if and when that happens. That'll be interesting. Right. Yeah. But but he's, he's very concerned about this. He's trying to amplify uh, you know, the importance of these races.
1: Well, aside from that, which I hope you do keep your eye on it, what else are you watching as things develop here, Dave?
0: Well, again, I think the money is the big question here. Where does the money come from? Because when Ken Griffin, the, the hedge fund tycoon, uh, from Chicago, who has since moved to Florida because his candidate for governor lost uh, in part, um, you know, you know he, he seems to have taken his purse strings with him, and so uh, in, in, you know, he, he was very instrumental in kicking uh, a former justice off the court, Thomas Kilbride, who was up for retention a few years ago. Uh, Griffin poured a lot of money into that race to 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 defeat that Democrat. So far, we have not seen money from Griffin. We've not seen money from from really anybody. And and a, a little added wrinkle to all of this: the General Assembly, uh, the Democrats there passed a a law that that Pritzker signed that limits contributions or actually restricts contributions from out of state to these candidates. So it it could really kind of hamstring a person like Griffin should he choose to want to be involved in these races. But again, you know, you are not seeing these candidates on television right now, and that's that's that's, right. r- that's really important because. Uh, uh, you know, that they, it's hard to break f- through for these candidates if, if nobody knows who they nobody are. Nobody
1: knows who they are. Yeah. Right. We've been speaking with WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Sasha. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrea Guthman and Daniel Tucker and mixed by Marie Mendoza. If you like this conversation, here's another one that you might want to check out. We recently talked about a new report recommending the removal of 13 monuments across the city, including Grant Park's Columbus statue. We need to figure out what to do about all of Chicago's monuments, which lack really a reflection of the city's history as a center of Black culture and its strong women leaders. Find it in Reset's podcast feed. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you for listening. Back with more tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen
1: every day.